I want to start with having Pastor share just a little bit of the history of kind of why he's here and uh, some of the promises for our church, and then I'll get into the scripture. Yeah, um, I've been here 14 years, and in my initial sense of call here, one of the things that took place was that, uh, for lack of a better term, I had like a vision of the UP as a black region with little flames in each town. And uh, it was one of those things where I was in a Sunday morning service in a church that I loved. And during the worship time, I'm either worshiping or I'm thinking about the sermon. Um, nothing else distracts me. And so it was one of those moments where it was just like, oh, this is really strange. And uh, when I got up here, I found out that that type of picture had been seen by a number of people. In fact, there's a lady that attends there named Linda Johnson that uh, she was down in Tulsa and heard a similar thing many, many years ago. And then a number of students have had similar things um, since we've been here. And so what I associate that with is the presence of God coming into this region. And uh, so there are, there are things like that where you hold on to and just say, well, haven't seen that fully, but desire it and don't even know how to bring it about, but just, you know, we seek the Lord over it. Um, there are a couple things that, that happened, I think, that at least, you know, the, our church has a history, but even in defining what's taking place here, when we started to walk through the name change, uh, I had... I had laid it out when I came. This, this was a real old congregation, an old-looking building, inside and out, and there had been a group that had run strong for about 40 years. They were in their 70s and 80s at that point. And so they were wanting to tell people what to do, but they weren't necessarily wanting to do it. And that doesn't work very well. And they had had a real fractious history with pastors. They had driven off... well. One of the elders that I had, by his own admission, had helped drive off four different pastors. So that, that tension was just part of the group. And so when I came in, uh, it became fairly clear to me within weeks that I was here to clean house. And um, that I have gone into places and helped turn them around. That's been the ministry that God had given Shar and I. He called us a repairer of broken walls and streets uh, with dwellings. Uh, that was out of the scripture we'd gone there many years ago, and it was long, and that's been the, what we had done. But when we got here, within weeks, I had to decide whether I was going to get thrown out for doing what I believed in or um, just embraced trying waiting and patiently and the first church I was in it took six years for things to turn and so that would have been more the pattern but it was it's kind of amazing God didn't give me that time frame now or this time around and in fact I remember one Sunday morning getting up and angry chewing out some people and then going on and going Shark's going, what on earth? <laughs> I've never seen this come out of you. And um, it, was, it was just very strange, but God was powerful in that, in that within three years things had turned. 
And we had a couple years of what I'd call unity in a way that I've never seen any other time in pastoral ministry where we virtually did not have any problems for two years. And, uh, but when the name change came, Shar had gone to a, a conference on the other end of the UP and uh, some ladies were praying over her and, she, and they said, he's a big man and he's, it's like he's taken a jackhammer to take on old foundations. And, uh, you know, you look at Shar, you don't know that she's got a, a large husband. But I had also worked concrete for many years and used a jackhammer many, many times. And so it's kind of one of those fitting pictures. And that's what was taking place here. And, uh, and then they got to the end, they go, I, I don't understand this, but the name has got to change. And that weekend, I was here, and I was downstairs, I remember this very specifically, and it was like the Lord was challenging my heart, are you going to change the name or not? I'm going, it's not time, there'll just be a big fight. Are you going to be obedient or not? And I go, okay, I guess we'll change the name. Well, it, it turned into a big fight, people left, um, and nothing got done. But a few years later, a, a number of us were meeting on Sunday nights for prayer. And one night I brought up, you know, we need to pray about a name change. Well, I really wasn't engaged that night. I, and I brought it up, but I really wasn't tied in. And uh, But I, at the end of the night, I was considering what had gone on. Three of us had come up with the same name. And then immediately that next week, people were calling different ones in the church saying, I had this dream about the church. It was like they were at this edge of water and there was, you know, different things going on and you're just kind of going, God spoke to us. You know, we, even though I wasn't engaged in that night, he, he was gracious enough to speak anyway. And so um, in that, I went to Jerry Cass and I said, Jerry, I've already messed up this name thing. And Jerry is an incredible administrator. He was that in the military. He's one of our elders. He's just a great guy, and he, he understands how to do things. So I said, I, I've been really foolish in this. I have no clue how to make this happen. You know, what do you suggest? And he said, well, you've named the other services. Name Sunday morning Water's Edge, and uh, we'll wear it for a while. If we like it, we'll, we'll take that. And it just went through flawlessly. But that said, I have interpreted that as being we're to offer people an opportunity for experience in the presence of God and with his spirit. And that's consistent with even like our heritage where um, originally the group of people that, that started this church were out in Carl's End, a little town out past Scandia. They had, uh, one of their members had been healed. Um, I forget what it was. A withered arm. Yeah, so uh, he'd gone to uh, some meetings connected with Alexander Dowie, who was a healing evangelist in Chicago. Alexander Dowie got taken to court because the hospital was saying, you can't claim healing in miracles except through if you're a doctor. And uh, he brought in hundreds of testimonies, and they threw the case out. And now he didn't finish well, 
but that was still connected to our our heritage, you know, and how things started. And then eventually, uh, good news in Ishpeming and this church uh, were started out of that same group, and uh, that said, the early Pentecostal movement, in my interpretation, got very hung up on the whole thing of talking in tongues. Now, there were, there were many things that went on, but that became like the badge of our membership for a generation or two. And after a while, you're just going, that's pretty lame. It just, for us, it, it just didn't work. But then there's that thing of, okay, if Jesus sent out the 12 and the 70 and, and they, he gave them authority to drive out demons and to heal the sick and raise the dead, there's something attached to that right from the very beginning of the gospel that we can't totally separate ourselves from. No matter, I mean, a clear presentation of the gospel has to have some kind of connection to that. And, and even so, in looking at you know, how this thing started for us, it's like there, there's still a receptivity to the presence of God working actively and doing things powerfully. So when we, when we got to town, New Life Church hosted a, a thing in the contemporary prophetic, a training session, and I felt like that's where a lot of our people got their training. Um, Sharon and I had been introduced to it um, couple about a year and a half before we came up here but really we're barely connecting with it and and that that was like one of those leapfrog experiences where a number of people started participating we started pursuing that together then when Charlie went out we were also at the same time looking at the whole thing of healing and Bethel out in Reading was you know, a lot of people were getting healed through that, and we're just going, let's go see. So we sent him out there. He came back, and there was a bona fide gift of healing on him for a long time. And, and for a while, every week, people were getting healed here. It was just one of those crazy times. And even in that season, there were a group of guys and gals meeting regularly, pursuing God. We were considering the things of Wesley and and some of the... The Holiness Club, I don't know if you've read anything about him, but he, he met with other believers, and they just chased God, so to speak. And is this getting too long? I'll, I'll go a little bit more. But um, So they were pursuing God, and one night in the coffee house, um, their lives were just changed. It's like the presence of God descended on them. And then... It spilled over into this place, and on, and we were having, we were having some amazing times even by then. I mean, um, at that stage, we had, um, well, there was one point where we had eighty-five percent of the congregation was college kids, and so um, you know, I on my list that year, I had over. 200 names, about 225 names of college kids that were associating with this church. Now, you know, college kids may come every third Sunday, but it's still their church, so to speak. But that's, you know, just a reality. But 
that was going on, and we had a man in who uh, he brought the group into some powerful things. And, and I remember there were um, people having powerful encounters with the Lord, and um, you know, that was going on. There was a Sunday when there was an unleashing of that. And here's a really strange thing. My elders were gone that week to another place. And the college age, Charlie and Ryan and others, Josh and, and just a host of people were powerfully ministering. You know, and to me it was an unleashing moment. I'm looking at it and going... God has done something here powerful, you know, and he has taken another generation and given them the authority to carry on the works of the kingdom. And it was just an amazing, amazing thing. And, you know, watching that develop. Um, and we ran with that for several years. And then, then you begin to realize you're almost like it's like you're losing momentum. You know, you wake up one day and you realize we haven't had one of these services for a long time. And... We started asking God for that again about two years ago, I think, if I remember right. Um, so, and it's like the temperature of this place has been rising again. And there's an awareness that, you know, our, our heart's cry is that we'll, I, I want to position myself so that if God is deciding to move in a place that we can at least participate I can't buy his favor. I can't force it. I can't earn it. I just, but I can prepare my heart so that I'm ready to to see it and embrace it when it when it's there, and when it happens. And and so that's kind of how I approach life, and I approach it with this church. Um, what I've seen is that being based where we are, and as many people coming in from different religious backgrounds, one of the responsibilities we have as a church is to teach truth, not to pretend at any level. In other words, uh, we want to be very careful to present the scripture, but we want to also um, give opportunity for the supernatural. But we also want to say, if somebody's doing something that isn't supernatural, but it has that, you know, we're going to say, well, you know, I'm glad you had a good experience. Didn't really see that as as God. But at the same time, not embarrass them or slight them, but just say there's more here. Um, we walked through a thing <laughs> in, in some charismatic groups, you know, where people, uh, they'll pray and everybody falls down. You know, and, and that's that happens. You know, I've watched people in this church smack chairs, bounce off the floor and not get hurt. And I'm going, only God could do that in a heart where he just takes over. Saw a guy over in this area flop like a fish for an hour. Never had that experience. Never came from that background whatsoever. And yet come out of it powerfully changed in the Lord. It wasn't the, the outward demonstration that was important. It was that his heart was being transformed during that time. And, you know, I'm, I'm, and I was... I was angry when I first saw something going on. I'm going, that can't be God. You know, it was so violent and, you know, just nuts to me. You know, and yet when I saw who it was, I'm going, this has to be real. <laughs> you 
you know, this kid comes from a background, he's, he's very solid as a Christian, but he has never seen anything like this or done anything like this. And, and uh, you know, it's like, okay, I, I, I don't get it, but I believe it, you know. And, and so, and I've watched, you know, I had a young woman, she fell in, and it's like a whip, smacked her head, and I'm going, oh, I'm going to watch and see what happens. And, you know, and so about 10 minutes later, she gets up and going, that hurt? Oh, yeah, but I'm used to it. I said, well, why did you do it? Uh, well, I said, if you don't have to go down, don't. You know, it, there's nothing special in this, you know. And smacking your head is that particularly godly, you know, just, you know. If God wants to do that, let him do it. But if not, um, that's not doesn't have to be a response and we've treated tongues the same way there's there's appropriateness in that it's just is God doing it or not and that's why we we tell people do not push anybody down I will not have catchers in this church if you're going to go down and fall then it better be God um, in the same way uh, if if you can see the real and you sense something powerful and you know it's being stewarded, then there's a chance to really go away and go, something took place and I don't know what, but it's powerful and I want a part of that. One night we had four students experience heat, start on the top of their head and go all the way down through their bodies. Most of them were not Christian at that point. But they have this encounter, and they're going, something's going on. I've I, I got to find out some more. And one of those guys writes out all his sins and hands it to somebody and going, I, I just feel I should do this. <laughs> What's happening? You know, God's transforming the heart. So um, one other vein, I've been on this vein of sustainable living for about four years, five years already. But... Um, this region was prophesied that it would be a place of refuge that's been fairly common for a number of years by different regions of the country. And I, I remember waking up one morning, and it's like I saw a black horseman and rider, black rider in, in vision form. And I'm going, what was that? I'm going to have to look that verse up. And I'd been chewing on this verse all week long, a day's wages for a quart of wheat which is a poverty verse. And I truly believe there is a time of that coming in the future. And so I felt like I've needed to prepare my heart and prepare others to live sustainably, so to speak. So that's a different vein than I've ever been down. I don't, I don't normally associate that with other churches or anything else. I just know that once you get something like that, you need to do something. And so that's why I've been going down that road. But, uh, that's awesome, isn't it? Well, I think there's a lot of us <clears throat> that either didn't didn't know some of that or or don't claim it for our own. That's why my wife and I, our family lives here, is because of the promises to this church that we get to lay hold of that are ours as well. I mean, you you, you talk about the fire in the prophecy and or in the vision, and that's been prophesied a bunch and. Um, was it a month or two ago when Ryan's up here and, and he was preaching and, and he was prophesying over people 
and um, there's a girl, Lana, who comes on Sundays. He has a, a word for her, and she receives it, and afterwards, in the worship set, she comes up and prays for me, and she's, she asks, she said it's the first time she'd ever done that, and it was awesome, but she's praying, and she sees this picture of me in the middle of this fire, and the fire, like, growing out of here. And, and if that wasn't enough, she had a dream the next week of me in, uh, like, a setting in the woods in, in fire, in, in the middle of this fire and it coming out of here. And I'm saying, do you know anything about our church? No. No, no. Look. And I explained to her that, and she was like, wow. But it's like time and time again of God confirming these things. And, and I just want to... I'm just going to talk about a couple of the stories in, in Scripture, starting with um, Jacob, Jacob and Esau. You, most of us know the story. But, but Jacob is pros- prophesied from birth as being the one who's going to be the leader, even though he's a younger one, he's going to have the inheritance, right? And when he's, when he's young and, he, and he, he deceives his brother into giving him his inheritance, right? So then he should just automatically receive it. But that's not what happened. And, and as he's traveling back to his homeland when he had left with his wives and kids, he has this experience where he's probably really worried about being reunited with Esau, his brother. And he wrestles with God. Have all of you heard that story before? He wrestles, with, he wrestles with God. And he says, I won't let you go until you bless me. And and he had to take that action and step into it and say, I'm going to participate in this. This was what God promised, but to step into that promise, I need to participate, and I need to say, Lord, bless me. And that's where his name is changed to Israel. And, and looking a little further down the line, I came across this this week, um, really interesting. I'm going to take a side note here. If you've heard of the Azusa Street revivals, um, there's the call Azusa coming up. If you haven't heard of it, I would encourage you to look it up. Um, But Lou Angle is heading it up, and actually Lou Angle visited here before, and as an extra side note, prophesied over me the same thing I've heard ten other times, um, which was just another really cool confirmation. But um, So he's heading up this thing of the Azusa Street Revivals, three of the main people in that setting had, uh, I know one of them had a dream, I don't know if it was all a dream, but they all had the same word of about a hundred years later, there's going to be an even greater move. And, um, and so on the 110th anniversary, there's going to be this call Azusa, and if you look it up, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. But some of the leaders there, and, and Bill Johnson at Bethel was talking about it, and he was saying, a lot of the similar stirrings that kind of we've been talking about here and we've been feeling here, um, they're experiencing there. And he was uh, speaking out of Daniel where um, this is kind of cool. It, it, how many have heard that, that verse, Jeremiah 29, 11? I think it's really overused and taken out of context a lot. But it is a really cool promise. Um, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Well, if you look at the story of Daniel, right, where Daniel was under this kingship that was, you know, at one point it was illegal to serve God and God is faithful to him and he gets raised up. 
But he comes across that, it's that prophecy in Jeremiah talking about the 70 years that the Israelites are going to be captive. They're going to be, there's all these things about basically punishment upon them. But at, at the end of 70 years comes this freedom, this promise. And so Daniel says, well, I'm going to lay aside, I'm going to fast, I'm going to, I'm going to lay aside, I think it says pleasant foods, um, but he's saying these things that I can have, I'm going to put them aside so I can lay hold of this promise. It's, 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 a, it's, it's something God has called and, and promised to us, but it's something that we need to lay hold of. It's not going to just, it, it's not going to just happen, it takes action, and, and there's an opportunity to step into it and, and take action to to step into that promise. And I mean, looking at, look at the life of Jesus. You couldn't have a more powerful calling, a greater... I mean, look at the, the whole Old Testament and how it can all be viewed through the lens of Christ and it can all reflect in the area of his calling and his life and his sacrifice. But... Look at the action it still took and the difficulty and the sacrifice involved where he's in the garden saying, Lord, if there's any way this cup can pass, but not, not my will but yours. And there's, there's an opportunity for us to step into saying, this is real. This is something God is doing here. And not only is he doing it here, but he's doing it in other congregations where he's moving powerfully as well. And we get to participate in doing what he wants to do and what he has promised. When, when he was talking about times when God was moving here before, um, like the healing, for instance, I, I just kind of assumed that was just going to be the rest of our lives. Like there was a summer where, I don't know, 30, 40 people I saw get healed. Um, and it was just, you'd feel God's presence, and my hands would get hot and tingly, and I'd, I was driving down the road, and I see someone walking with a cast, and I followed her to her house and knocked on the door and prayed for her, and she says, she, you know, she, the pain's gone. And one of her friends is walking out the door, and she's limping. I said, well, what's the matter? Oh, well, my, I broke my toe. Can I pray for it? Yeah. I pray for her foot, and she just starts weeping. And I said, is it feeling better? Yeah, it feels fine. And I was telling her, well, that's because Jesus loves you and he wants to know you and he cares some, enough about you that he wants to bring this healing to you. And she says, I know. My dad was a pastor and I've been running for years. And in that moment, God wanted to reintroduce himself to her. And, and there's just time after time where the point is, like Pastor was saying, it's not the signs we're seeking, but people, souls, God showing that he cares God introducing himself. And it, it, there's not a greater thing that we could step into. There's no, there's no greater job, life, whatever that you could step into than being a part of stepping into God's promises. And I, and I realize it's not everyone here. But for those of us that are here now, we can lay hold of this, and there will be people sent out, and, and that will be awesome. Because it's a, there's a huge difference. My, my grandma says, some are sent, and some just went. And there's, it's, 
when someone is sent and God sends them, there's such a blessing and almost rejoicing of saying, this is good. God's presence is going before them. And, and there's a, a equally as uh, impactful grievance to those that just could have stepped into great things that God called them to and they just miss it. And my biggest, the biggest, God just keeps bringing this back to me and keeps bringing this back to me. And, and my biggest prayer is that those here that have this available that can step into being part of God's presence, um, introducing himself and growing throughout the region, um, that those that have the opportunity would lay hold of it and maybe put aside some pleasantries and, and sacrifice some things because it's a greater, a greater thing. We don't all have to be fasting every day, intercessors. We, we have jobs. We have normal lives. Um, we're not all called to be intercessor, intercessory missionaries. But there are seasons when it's appropriate to lay good things aside, okay things aside, for the greater destiny that we can step into. So I, I just really want to encourage you guys, pray about what, what your role is, ask God, he will, he will speak, he will reveal it, and, and ask him about what, how, how we can prepare the place for his presence, prepare a place for him to dwell, and not just one night or for one time, but for, for our lives, see our community transformed, see our children raised in this. That's, that's, the, that's the mission. So I'm just going to pray and ask the worship team to come back up. Lord, we love you. We ask that you would come and touch us, Lord. We want to do, you to dwell with us, Lord. We want to do your will. We want to establish your kingdom in Marquette as it is in heaven, in the Upper Peninsula as it is in heaven, God, in our country as it is in heaven, Lord. God, we say that whatever you need us to do, Lord, we are willing. And, and whatever the means are, we trust you, and we trust your leadership, and we ask you to come. In Jesus' name, amen.